I have a simple message today that God put in my heart about a few weeks ago, and when I, when I got it, I was actually weeping, and I knew that it would be my next message. It's a simple message, and it's a, it's a refreshing message, and I believe God wants to help us understand, enjoy, and experience the mystery of metanoio. And I'm, I'm saying it in Greek right now so that I don't give away what the word is. But before I talk about that, I just, I've got a lot of gratitude in my heart and some things that I just want to say thanks for. I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for the things that God is doing. Tonight, this morning, I, heard, I was hearing in my spirit, testimony, testimony. And I was thinking about you, Jen. And I, I was like, okay, if she doesn't reference it, then I'm going to talk about it in third person and anonymously. But when I, I got to hear about your testimony from Lena over the phone, and I was sobbing, and I went and gave her a hug this morning, and I was weeping because God did some amazing things. We just heard the tip of the iceberg this morning, and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for y'all. I'm thankful for your leadership. I'm thankful for the body of Christ and the way that we minister. What happened in Jen's life was a team ministry event that happened under their leadership. There are people in this room and in this church that are alive today because somebody else in this church. Uh, four weeks ago, I'm, I'm thankful to be here today. I'm thankful to be standing up. Yeah, I, when During worship was the first time I jumped in about five weeks. Because four weeks ago, I got into a scuffle with a pressure vessel, a pool filter housing in my backyard. I tried to take a shortcut while I was working on it and it exploded in my face and slammed me into, that, into my house. I had three nice scars right here that are healing and going away in Jesus' name. And, and I, I could, I mean, I was laying, I was, had blood all over my head, and I couldn't stand up. I could barely breathe. And when I heard about it afterwards, there could have been, I could have not been here today, to be honest. People have died working on their pool filter housings. And by the grace of God, I was spared. And I knew it. And it was so wild because in the moment, I realized cognitively what had happened, but I was also in shock. And I was like, I had this incredible peace. It was a lot of pain and, and shock, but there was also peace. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm healed. I'm going to live. And I could have died. And I don't like to talk about it. I don't want to try to make it into a bigger thing. But I mean, it, at one point, I was laying down that day and just like this reality hit me of like, what could have really happened? And I was just, for about a minute or two, I just felt what people feel when they feel terror. I was just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I, it, I love this song. One day every tongue will confess, one day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who choose you now. And there's going to come a time and day where people are, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess without choice. But we have a choice today. And, and, and as I was laying there, I was like, oh, my gosh. It, I mean, in an instant, things can change. And in an instant, someone cannot be in your life anymore. And not, not to say that in fear, or, but just I just have a, a, a real appreciation for life, and I'm thankful. Something else, God has really just changed me a lot in the last couple of months. One of my wife's ministries is helping me see the things that God has been changing sometimes I get frustrated and I don't feel like things are changing quickly enough. And, and God was just showing me the things that he's been doing. The other, so that afternoon, 
I called my mom. She was the first closest person. Angie was on the road. And I'm in my backyard. I can't stand up. I'm, I'm bleeding out of my head. And then Angie's parents come over. And then uh, they stayed with me the afternoon. And then Jack got sick. And he came down with a fever. And it looked really bad. And in the morning, I called and said, hey, how, how's he doing? Ivana said, not good. He's on the floor, and I can't get him up. And I can barely walk. I mean, my back got really hurt. Like, I'm, that's why I'm so, I'm so excited to jump during worship. So I go over there, and I've got about five minutes of strength left in me. And I help Ivana get a sheet under Jack's arms, and we get him up into bed. And, and then my mom comes over, and she helps out. And I went and laid down on the couch, and I was just so thankful that she was there. I, I really thought we were about to lose Jack that, that day. And it's another picture of the body of Christ and people ministering together. I'm so thankful for this house. My life has been changed dramatically in the last five to six years. Um, five or six weeks ago, John preached a sermon that I was weeping for an hour afterwards. I was just, I just kept weeping. I was going to look up, try to look up what the message was. And I thought, you know, it doesn't, it really doesn't even matter. I received something that day, and I was changed. I had a new tenderness and softness when I left there that day. And even when I got home, I was still weeping. Sabata, you preached a few weeks ago. And I just sat there with my eyes closed, just receiving from the Lord. This house is an incredible house. This is a blessed house. I'm so thankful for everyone that's here. And I just wanted to celebrate and recognize all the things that God is doing and, and to come, when we come, come with a sense of expectation. What do you have for me today, God? What do you want to say to me? Because this is, this is life and death. And even beyond, like, the fear factor life, this, this is, there's treasure here. There's treasure in God's word. There's treasure in the body of Christ. And I just want to celebrate and say thank you, God. And thank you to the body of Christ for being the body of Christ. So metanoio. I just learned how to say that word this morning. It's a Greek word, in case you couldn't tell. It's the Greek word for repentance, or repent. And when God gave it to me, he, he showed me three little aspects, layers, levels, perspectives, whatever you want to call it, of understanding the word repent. And again, I felt like he wanted us to understand what does repent mean? What's the joy of it? And how can we experience it? Two secrets about repentance. It was the first, it was Jesus' first word when he started his ministry. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's not a one-time event. This is secret number one. It's an ongoing revelation that we walk in. And I'm doing this a little bit backwards because I feel like, again, this is a simple, refreshing message, and there's two big ideas that, um, that God wanted to expound upon. But the second mystery of it is you can't do it on your own. It's something you're responsible for, but it's not something you're able to do on your own. You can't just repent. And I'm going to explain that part in just a moment, but... Repentance is our responsibility. Not our responsibility, but our response ability. 
But it's not an ability that comes from ourselves. It's an ability that comes from him. And, and the way that the Lord started teaching me about this and giving me some examples, was he, he started speaking to me about my, showing me my cars that I've had throughout my life. My first vehicle that I ever purchased was a 68 Dodge Dart. It was about as long as from here to the back row, <laughs> a massive, big metal car. And it was the, I learned a lot on that vehicle. I learned how to rebuild a single barrel carburetor. I learned how to work on drum brakes. I learned how to change oil. I learned how to clean and, and treat rust, which is the industry that I work in now, basically work with rust and corrosion on metal. There were a lot of key learnings that I got from that vehicle. My grandfather came and spent time with me and, and helped me work on things. And, but I got to a point where I was going to try to rebuild the engine, and I, I started taking it apart, and I got stuck. And I, it just sat for about two years. Well, during that time, God was doing a lot in my life, and I bought another car. And this car was a 1981 Datsun 210. And I don't know if you remember that night, but we, me and my roommate, we found this in the green sheet. And we called Easy and Lena, and I think we came over to borrow money because we couldn't get to an ATM that night. The guy that was selling it was going back to Pakistan the next morning, I think. And it was like, you got to come get it if you want it. It was $395 or $385, $385. And I haggled him down 10 bucks. He brought it down to 375. So I was proud of that. But the Lord was showing me with each of these vehicles, I learned different things. And if, if you remember, the, probably the first lesson you learned as a driver is how to steer. Because when you get into the car, it's, it's a new feeling to get familiar with a steering wheel. And that 68 Dodge Dart that I had did not have power steering. So the steering wheel went like this. And you had to really lean into it. And, but one of the first things that new drivers learn is how to not overcorrect because you're making a bunch of micro adjustments. And if you're driving and you, jank, you yank the steering wheel or jerk it to the side, you can crash. So you have to learn how to make small adjustments. That's the first picture of repentance the Lord was showing me. It's an ongoing reality. Remember, it's not something that happens once when you accept Christ. It's an ongoing reality. If you want to go anywhere, anybody in here that's a driver, you're still doing that, that discipline to this day. You're making micro-adjustments as you drive. So that's perspective number one. My Datsun 210 had got really good gas mileage. It was about half as big as my 68 Dodge Dart. And even though Easy and Lita didn't think it was a good, wise thing to do in the middle of the night, it turned out to be a really good car. Had it for almost nine months until the engine blew up. And it had some holes in the floor. And my, my biggest memory from that Datsun 210 was driving it when they changed the speed limit from 55 to 65. And it made me so angry because I was like, there's no reason to go 65 miles an hour. People are, that's dangerous, you know, for me and my little car. <laughs> but with each vehicle, there were a new set of key learnings and things that came along. And, and God started showing me the next picture of repentance that correlates with driving is when you drive, if you want to go somewhere, You've got to follow directions. And sometimes you have to avoid obstacles or diversions or detours. You've got to constantly, you've got to be willing to take direction. In the old days, we would use a paper map. 
I was thinking about some of the trips, road trips that Angie and I took to Arkansas when we were 18 years old. I'm like, I can't believe our parents let us do that. <laughs> now when we drive, what do we pay attention to mostly? GPS. We turn on our, our automatic map and it tells us. Where, the other day I asked a coworker who just moved out to Katie. I said, How do you, which way do you go home? He goes, I don't know, whatever way that blue arrow tells me. You know, he just, <laughs> just listens to whatever the thing says. But God was showing me that that's another picture of repentance. If we want to get where we're going, sometimes we've got to take a detour or we're going to get stuck in traffic or there's a hazard ahead. Sometimes we take a wrong turn because we get distracted and we have to find a new route. But driving to where we want to get to is going to involve micro adjustments and then a little bit bigger adjustments. And again, this all comes back to understanding what is repentance how can we enjoy it, and how can we experience it and embrace it on a regular basis? And then, and then the third illustration that God showed me was all the times that I got rid of my cars. That 68 Dodge Dart sat for two years until this man stepped in and helped me and connected me with that man back there. Clay had a mechanic that was working for him. I don't even know if you remember this, Clay, but... We had that 68 Dodge Dart towed over to Clay's business, and he's not in the, I mean, he's, they're not a mechanic. They, they, this is not their industry, and I don't even remember the man's name, but he fixed that 68 Dodge Dart for me. I thought it was impossible. I thought it was, there's no way this thing's getting put back together. I didn't even know if I'd put all the parts back under the hood, you know? And when I was driving that thing, so I, I, I got to drive it one time under its own power, and it was that drive home to my apartment complex that this man built earlier in his life, that that man had had someone fix for me. We pulled into the gas station, and I'm getting gas, and I'm just sitting there, and, you know, waiting, and all of a sudden, this guy comes running out of the gas station. He's like, turn it off! Stop! Stop! Turn it off! There was gas flooding out of the back of the car. The whole gas tank had rusted out on top, so as I was filling it up, it's just pouring out. Yeah, it was scary. It was scary. And so we, we pushed the car out of the way across the street to let it kind of air out and dry out. And then I drove it to the apartment complex where we, me and my roommate were living, and I parked it, and I never drove it again. And it was going to be $500 to replace the gas tank, and that was back in 1995 or six. I didn't have $500. I bought the car for $175. But God was showing me sometimes we need to repent and we need to let go of things. I, I loved that car. I, had, I was in love with old cars. I wanted to restore and, and drive hot rods and stuff. And God, I remember how God brought me to that crossroads of, of letting go of these desires. I, I loved my little Datsun 210, you know. It was good gas mileage and it smelled like my grandmother's car because she used to have a Datsun 210 and I enjoyed it, you know. But I was forced to sell that one when, they, when the engine blew up. But God was showing me that there's a picture of repentance in vehicles that as you, as you grow and as you go, your vehicle's going to need to change. The car that I drive today is an F-350 Ford. It's, it's, it's large, and some would say it's not fuel efficient. It gets 15 miles to the gallon. I say it's more fuel efficient than your little car who would have to take 100 trips to do what I can do in one trip. But that's my opinion. <laughs> But the point is, to do what I need to do today, I have to be in a different vehicle. And so there was a picture of repentance, letting go of something that was old and being willing to transition, even if it was comfortable or new. 
And I, honestly, that was a hard thing for me growing up. Like we had a family car, a Volvo, when I was a kid. It was the only car, the first car that I knew. And I was so upset when I found out my parents were going to get rid of it because it was like part of the family. You know, <laughs> it's like, I, I love that car. and so many memories. But we can do the same thing with ideas and revelations and doctrines and all kind of things. I read this joke the other day that uh, there was a Jewish man who was also an atheist. He wanted his son to get a good education, so he didn't want to put him in any of the local schools. So there was a private Christian school down the road, which had a reputation for giving a good education and minoring on the religion. So he thought, okay, well, I'm going to send him there because education was paramount to him. And so one day his son comes home and he asks his dad about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he grabbed him by the shoulders and looked at him straight in the eyes and he said, son, we are Jewish. We do not believe. There is only one God and we do not believe in him because he was a Jewish atheist. And we can be like that. We, we, we can identify with something. We can, we can have a culture that says we're one way and then have a philosophy that we identify in another way and be resisting truth because it contradicts where we're coming from and what's comfortable and familiar. And, and God, God was just showing me through all these different pictures that the joy of repentance is actually found in the two Greek words that make it meta and noel. The strict definition is to change one's mind or purpose. The usage is to change my mind, change the inner man, particularly with reference to the acceptance of the will of God or to repent. But metanoeo is a combination of two words, meta and noeo. Meta means changed after being with. And noeo means to think properly. So put together, it means to think differently after, after a change of mind. To repent literally means to think differently afterwards or after being with. So the, 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 the hard thing about the word repent is you can't do it on your own. And so if you think about it as a responsibility, it's a heavy burden. But when you realize the mystery of the revelation, that it's, a, it's your ability to respond the fact that you heard the word repent means that you are being equipped and empowered to say yes. That's the revelation. And, that, and, and you can only say yes after you've been with the one who says it to you. It's real easy if you, if you don't dissect scripture. Everybody, you may or may not know, I love the word kingdom. I love the concept of kingdom. Kingdom didn't start when Jesus started preaching it. Kingdom started in the garden before the fall. And so it's real important to not, it's real easy to think, oh, well, all that kingdom talks in the New Testament and Jesus came to save us from going to hell and that's just another religious term for going to heaven. And, and no, it, we need to think differently and respond to what he, this revelation, this mystery that he has for us because we lost that a long time ago. And in order to operate in his kingdom, and to get where we're going, we're going to need to be willing to repent, and sometimes repent, and sometimes get out of that car and get into a new vehicle that God has for us. That's the joy of repentance. It's an ongoing revelation. So I just felt like God was showing me that it's, it, it's, it's, there's a mystery, and it. it's the first word that he said publicly from a ministry standpoint. So first things first, has an importance on it. Whatever comes first 
has a priority and a preeminence to it. It was the first word that he spoke, but it's real easy to forget that it's an ongoing revelation. If you forgot to make those micro adjustments while you were driving, you probably wouldn't have your vehicle or your license. But, and, and then the, and the last thing that he showed me from, from the illustration of driving is there's a difference between being a legal driver and a good driver and an expert driver. There's lots of legal drivers. I have, we have some friends whose kids are about to turn 16 and they're on the verge of being legal drivers. I don't know that I feel good about them. Like just, we're, you know, we're excited about them learning to drive and becoming good drivers, but just because you're legal doesn't mean that you're good. And being a good driver doesn't necessarily mean that you're an effective driver in all scenarios. Police officers, they learn offensive driving techniques when they're trying to, when they're trying to stop a vehicle that's, that's aggressively driving away. There's techniques and skills that they get certified in to pursue. Military, there's different types of driving skills. Racing, a friend of mine invited me to a, a racetrack where these really high-speed go-karts over in Austin, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's like $75 a trip, so it's like, these are fast go-karts, you're going 55 miles an hour. And if you want to be anywhere near the front of the pack, you have to learn how to drift. Does anybody know what that is, other than Chris? <laughs> Drifting is where you've, you're, you're right on the edge of not having control of the car as you're going around a corner. Your back wheels are just spinning. And if you don't learn how to drift, you'll get passed up and, and you become dangerous if you're on that track and you're not drifting because you're going too slow and you're endangering other people's paths. And so God was just showing me that no matter where we are on what, you know, you could be an expert driver in one thing and be a novice in something else. And so there's not any condemnation. This, again, the last message that I preached, one of the things that I brought out was that God's been showing me that it's not about our ability. Everything in the kingdom doesn't have to, is not dependent upon our ability. It's, upon, it's based on his. And that's what the responsibility is not something we do in our own strength. It's we are divinely able to respond to the words that he speaks to us, because within the seed, within the word that is imparted, is the power to receive and respond. But we have to make a choice. And so just like Jen's word this morning, I, I, it was like, oh, wow, this is just so awesome. This is so in line. And my message is, is almost completely backwards from the way that I thought it was going to come out. But God wants us to understand, enjoy, find joy, and experience. And, and the more that you understand driving, the more you can enjoy it. The further you can go, the better and more effectively you can travel. It's the same thing with God's word and his promises. And again, our church is a blessing. And I encourage you, when we come, this is not a ceremony or a service, or a ritual. This is a holy convocation. There's never the exact same combination of people in each week. Never. And I believe that that's, that's a picture that God never has the same thing for us every week. He's always got more for us. But part of this mystery, this thing that he created, involves us saying yes. And 
So the title of my message today is Repentance is Our Response Ability. And I was going to, if Jen, if you hadn't shared that testimony, I was, I, I really felt like there needed to be a testimony come forth. And I feel like God is saying, let's start expecting not just what does God have for me, but when we come in here, let's don't expect things to be normal. That's why I was so excited about that slide changing. I love change now. I used to hate it when I was a kid. I love change now. Let's don't expect that we're going to sit and someone's going to stand and someone's going to talk and others are going to sing and we're just going to do things. Let's expect that testimonies are going to come forth. Let's expect that there's going to be words and healing and ministry time afterwards. Let's expect, and, and I, was, I, was, I was going to... You know, <laughs> I don't feel led to today, honestly don't, but I, I really felt the sense of like, be ready for anything. Be ready for anything. So I'm going to close this in prayer, and I would like you to just make a, a heartfelt, thoughtful choice when you hear the words that I speak. And if you can say yes to them with your heart of hearts, say yes. And, and let's go from this place and this day with a new sense of there is, there is something special and sacred and spiritual and holy about the body when we get together and we are in a time and a season that will be unlike any other in many different ways and there is no lack or shortage with our father there is no lack of goodness on his end and there is no lack of anything that he can do in our lives if we say yes to him we've we're the ones that have got to be willing to lay down the old directions the old methods the old vehicles and the things that have gotten us to this point maybe things that he calls us to lay down going forward. But if we'll say yes, the sky's the limit with him. Father, we're in awe of you, and we thank you for the privilege and the blessing of gathering in your name and gathering together with each other. Thank you for the honor and the dignity of each person's life that's here. Thank you for the, the mysterious work that you're doing in each person's life on an individual microscopic basis and on a much larger basis than what we can even comprehend. Father, we're all in. We just want to say we're all in. We're all yours. Have your way in us. Help us to forsake and tear down any wall, any sacred cow, any old mindset, any old attitude, any old anything. If it's not in line with what you want, if it's not what you're doing and saying, Help us to just live in that reality, that revelation on a daily basis of just doing and saying what you're doing and saying. And I just want to say again, Father, I thank you so much for this house. Thank you for Pastors Easy and Lena and Alan. Thank you for the ministry team. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your patience, your kindness, and your mercy. Thank you for the way that you're working in my life and in our lives even when I don't see it, and it takes me months to see what you did, you're doing things on a daily basis, and you love us so much. I pray that everybody that's here and not here today, God, receives all that you have for them. I pray that you would get so excited and free with just being who you've called us to be and ministering to one another, sharing words of life and encouragement, sharing words of exhortation or prophetic words, God. Just showing up and being here is a ministry sometimes, God. But like when we come in, let us not 
waste any time or miss out on any blessing or take anyone or anything for granted. We thank you so much for your love for us. We thank you for the nations. We thank you that we live in the most culturally diverse county and area in the entire United States. We thank you for the words that have been spoken of revival for this area and for this house. We thank you for the destiny and the inheritance that has been laid up and planted and predestined. And you've invited us into an incredible adventure to say yes to. Thank you that things are not going to stay the same. We're not going to live in routines or ruts, God. We're going to be willing to do whatever you want to do. Take up the offering in a different way. Give prophetic words in a different way. Pray, stay, sing, dance, be quiet, whatever, God. We're not going to live by rules. We're going to live by relationship. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We love you, we bless you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.